Hi, my name is Jeff Pagano, and thanks for tuning in to the Harpen and Rugby podcast. HarpenRugby.net is an unofficial fan site for Leinster and Ireland rugby, with write-ups of all the big matches and regular coverage of the latest news and opinion via Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and of course this pod. If you haven't already, please subscribe. We're on Apple Podcasts as well as a host of other platforms. But with the Heineken Cup put on hold, we have to get creative with our podcast topics, but thankfully we have the Lions Selector panel to keep us going for a while. As I've said before, even if there isn't an actual tour, we can still have the crack picking our, our ideal 15s. So this week we introduce our fourth panelist, and it's Debbie Knight representing England and returning to the pod for a second time. Then I had a quick chat with Kigo about the varying opinions surrounding Johnny Sexton's contributions for Leinster and Ireland. So without any further ado, here's how we got on. Now it's time for our back and forward chat and joining me this week is someone returning to the pod after giving us an opposition view back in September 2020 ahead of the Leinster v Saracens quarterfinal. So I kind of had to get her back on at some stage to show I wasn't a sore loser, didn't I? A warm welcome back to the pod to Debbie Nice. Good evening. Good, Good evening to, be back. to you. Oh, great, great, great to have you back. So um, yeah, we had you on um, ahead of that game. Of course, all the all the uh, so-called experts, all the the bookies, and everything was saying, "Oh, Leinster win, Leinster win." It was great. But, you know, I think I think every Leinster fan knew knew deep down that uh, it was never going to be straightforward and right from the kickoff. So fair play. I mean, that must have been for it was a bad year for everyone sporting wise, but I'd say for a Saracens fan, that was that that particular day was a big highlight. It, to be, it was the only thing that we had left, really, and the same mm. for the team. And I think that showed on the day, don't yeah, you? Yeah. I mean, it was a truly horrible year, 2020, yeah. to be a Saracens fan. Um, and that that match, that was the everything, really. Mm. Um, and I'd, I'm pretty certain I I did I backed Saracens to win. Um, you know, there was an awful lot of class on that pitch, as far as Saracens were concerned, and and. They're a very tight body of men, actually. Um, and yes, surely the salary cap situation was very poor. But they, they're, they're an impressive group of men. Would mm. Marrow, Marrow, I mean, Marrow Itoji was one of the key people mm. in that situation. Would he have stayed without what, was, what happened there? Who mm. knows? I don't know. Sar he's Saracens through and through. Mm -hmm. We'll see whether he stays once we're back in the top tier. Well, that's it. But I mean, like I say, yeah. After all that was going on, it was. But it was the classic example of uh, waiting in the tall grass, um, uh, you know, being ready for us on the day, and just came with the perfect game plan and executed it. And it was just uh, you were just played off the park. So can, no, no, no complaints at all for that. It was. Um, so anyway, listen. Uh, so what we've done is um, whether or not we're going to have a Lions tour, that's always going to be up in the air. But that can't. That doesn't have to stop us picking a team. So um, I've put together my I've put together a Lions panel of uh, fans. Um, I've had three Irish um, uh, contributors now so far. So we're going to start. I've got yourself. I've got a Scotsman next week and a Welsh guy the week after that. So we're we're, we're covering trying to cover all the bases here. So we're, we have you on representing England, and um, maybe you'll give us your your fifteen starting at number fifteen. Well, it's gonna, I'm going to be interested to see what the balance has been for the people you've already had so far. Mm -hmm. Um, my number 15 is a Scott. Okay. And that would be Stuart Hogg. Yep. Um, I, I, I hear the world, the words world-class banded out a lot when I'm watching the rugby on the TV. There are very few world-class players in the Northern Hemisphere. And I think Stuart Hogg is actually one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think his game has probably improved since he's gone to Exeter. 
Um, yeah, I think that was a perfect marriage, I think, of uh, yeah. someone, yeah. Um, like you say, a world-class player, someone who you'd want to see a Scots, someone that good, if they're a Scotsman, to, to be able to compete for European glory. I mean, that's terrible. Sounds terrible for Glasgow and Edinburgh, but they haven't had the chance yet. So uh, for him to go to somewhere like um, Exeter and for Finn Russell to go to Racing yeah. as well, to be able to compete at that level and get that success was good to see. All right. Yeah, no, everyone has him at 15 so far. Funny you mentioned his name, but we'll get there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, the, my wingers, I struggled a little bit. Um, okay. When I first wrote this down today, I, I actually did put Anthony Watson at 15 and then changed my mind okay. with Stuart Hogg. So I have actually got him at 14. That's okay, yeah, 14. Um, I think he's uh, he gives you a, a, a double dimension. He's very, very good under a high ball mm. um, and obviously very speedy. And he seems to have bulked up in recent years to me. Yeah. And, and I think against the South Africans, you're going to need a you physical need it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I go with an Englishman there. That's okay. Um, number 13, I'm going with the Welshman. Uh, another guy who, whether he's still world-class, I'm not sure, but he certainly has been, and that's Jonathan Davis. Davis, yeah. 12, I'm going to Ireland, so I'm going through the, going through the countries here. Yeah, that's it, yeah, coming all the places. <laughs> As it goes, Robbie Henshaw at 12. Good, yeah. yeah, he's in our team too, yeah. Okay, interesting. Good. Back to Wales for number 11. And th in, this man is a man I, I was lucky enough to see play at Saracens. Um, I actually had been a Welsh gold member for a number of years and was always thrilled to see him play. Yeah. And that would be Liam Williams. Yeah. Outstanding rugby player. Definitely. Um, Definitely. And actually, I, I thought for that quarter final, the fact that we didn't have him would be make the difference. But lucky enough, the rest of the lads stood up on the day. Yeah. Did you see his little uh, incident over the weekend? Uh, I know he got red carded. Yeah. He? yeah. He, um, no, he just, made a, he just made a comment. I mean, you're in the heat of the moment. He, he, he gets a lot of stick. I, I had a thing with him. Um, I was at an event at the Aviva. Um, we were watching, we were, some of us were invited to watch the game from the, uh, the box with a few of the players. And do you remember Paddy Wallace used to play for Ireland? Oh. He was one of the, he was one of the players. And I was, I was chatting to the wife there, and um, right at the end of the game, Williams, we scored, Ireland scored a try. I can't remember who got the try, but uh, Williams dropped the shoulder on him just as he scored the yeah. try. And yeah. when, they showed, when they were shown in the replay, I just turned to the wife and said, uh, yeah, that guy, Liam Williams, I mean, he, I've heard he's a bit of a thug. Patty, yeah. Willis, Patty Wallace was right in front of me, turned to me, and just said, I... <laughs> he just and gave me that look, and I said, "Well, you know, I mean, you've been you, you're out there playing with him, but that's the I, way he plays. Guess, he plays. He plays yeah. aggressive. I think he, I think he is a bit of a thug, but again, I think we we're, we're going to need that against exactly, exactly. That's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, you know, <laughs> obviously, dropping the shoulder isn't so great, but you want to see that uh, you want to see that kind of physicality and need against the South. And again, under a high ball, exceptional. Yeah, but, you know, yeah. I, I think so. Therefore, the 11, 14, and fifteen, they can, they can swap. I think that's there. a great back three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number ten, I'm going to give you who I'd like to have, and then I'm going to give you who I think will go. Okay. So I'd like to have Finn Russell. Okay. Um, a man that can win you a game, but sadly, a man that can also lose you a game. Mm. He is—he's pure brilliance. 
on a rugby pitch, but my goodness, he can be absolutely awful as well. I think we'll see Owen Farrell there. Yeah. Um, but I would like to have had Finn Russell in my team. Okay, so but you're going to go with Farrell because you're, you're because we have that debate. Like, is it are we going to pick a team that that we would want to coach? Or are we going to pick the team that we figure Warren Gatland is going to is going to do? Are we, are we going with Warren Gatland? Yeah, I think most. Oh, we kind of. I mean, we you know, it's the team he's going to play. He's going to play his style. So yeah. if we said if we picked our own team with our own style, it's not really going to. It's not really going to happen. So, uh, <laughs> no, okay, so Owen, Owen Farrell. Yeah, That's Owen fine. Farrell there. No, I'm. Do you know I'm really struggling with a scrum half. I think the home nations are. Can I have a Frenchman at Scrum Half? Please? I know, I know, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> I thought I'd have Tony Bridge at, uh, at nine. Um, we'll try to we'll try to get Dupont's uh, passport and yeah. make it European, make it look Irish. Get yeah, him, get him in that way. You know? Probably, he looks so French, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he's he's just a fantastic rugby player. Mm. Um, I think he'll go with Conor Murray. Yeah, at nine, and then they'll be counting up or down on. Oh, the we'll, we'll go up. We'll start at one. Yeah. We'll start at one. Please, yeah. Right, I'm going to be very England focused here to start with. Um, and this is based on what I've seen of these guys in the Premiership, mm -hmm. the, the two props. Okay. Um, so Ellis Genge at one. All right. He's going to need some, he would need someone to keep his temper mm -hmm. under control. And that's going to be the same for my number three as well. Okay. But my number four will be able to do that with him. Okay. <laughs> so... And then Jamie George at two. Yep, absolutely. Kyle Sinclair at three. Good, yeah. Um, first man on my team sheet is Maritoji. I think it's pretty much on everyone's, yeah. And I think actually I'd have him as my as my captain. Captain, okay. Um, he hasn't captained since he captained in the A League for Saracens, but he did captain England under twenties. Uh, he 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 is a world class player, no question. Oh, no there. question, yeah. Yeah, can I have an uncapped player at five? Well, work away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your selection, yeah. So I'm going to go with Ryan Baird. Oh, okay, interesting. It would, be, think... uh, it would be very like um, these new players coming up to get for him to get his first cap for the Lions. Nothing surprises me anymore because uh, uh, James Ryan, who, who well, like, people that... have picked for this. Um, he got it. Uh, he got. played for Ireland before he played for Leinster, so that's just the that's really the, that's the way. So it looks I, I've through. got Ryan Baird slash James slash, in there. Yeah, well, Baird has yeah. really shown. I mean, yeah. he, a lot of players at Leinster have, have in recent years. One of the keys to our success has been players coming up and just hitting the ground running. I mean, first game uh, playing like they're veterans, and um, he's 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 no different, and uh, he's shown some outstanding form. So yeah, no, that's, yeah. yeah, he could Very be a bolter. I mean, you look for a bolter, and he's kind of asking to be one, isn't he? He's my bolter. Yeah, uh, and then I'm going to go at six. I'm going to go for someone that I until recently I wouldn't have put at six because okay. I, I think he would be more of an eight. So I'm going I'm going to go for Tao Lupe Falatao at six. Oh, okay. He's been doing a very good job for Bath there. Mm -hmm. He's a man, again, you, he's a man you'd want in your team. He's an oh, outstanding player. Absolutely, yeah. Player. Back to England at seven. We seem to be on the same sort of uh, production line that Wales have of late for sevens. We didn't have any, and now we seem to have loads. Yeah. yeah. So Sam Underhill for me yeah. at seven. A fantastic young rugby player. And I'm going back to Ireland for my eight. Okay. And I'm going 
going with CJ Stander. Oh, very good. Yeah, he's, um, we just, we, we, um, we say about him is like, you know, you just, you can give him the man of the match award or player of the match award, like before the game's even kicked off. He's yeah. got so many of them. They say there's no, no more room left in his mantelpiece. And, <laughs> um, and it's no, no harm having, I mean, whatever you say about project players and stuff, but he's one guy's no harm having against this lad. So, but actually, uh, he, I, I actually, I, I didn't much like that Ireland had five out of 15 starting that were project yeah. players. Well, that was my thing. You know, I've been saying that. I've said, like, I don't understand. They, a lot of people seem to think the only solution was to increase the amount of years um, that you have to be in a country. Why don't you just decrease the amount of players a team can have on their team? Uh, a team can have in their, their match day squad. If you do that, they're not going to get as many. You know, I mean, there, there's um, because of the way the nature there's there there is a, a surplus of of quality South African players and quality yeah. New Zealand players that yeah. could play in other countries, and there are other countries that could do with them. But if you just limit the amounts that they can have, rather than say, oh, we've no foreigners at all, like you know, it's it's <laughs> there was a middle ground there. So I'm, I'm not arguing. I won't argue with you too much about that. It, uh, do you know, I, I actually wrote an article on that based on some a, a young rugby um, pundit telling me how Italy was full of project players. And, mm. and do you know what Italy is not mm. actually? Mm. Um, I think they most of the time they had one player who actually had been playing in Italy since he was twenty. Stain. Mm -hmm. who's a, who is a marvelous rugby player yeah but I, I don't see i don't see cj stander in the same light i mean that man gives his absolute all doesn't he mm -hmm. no matter which shirt he's in oh, there's I, no question no question yeah and he spent exactly. three years of his life um here working with the munster players playing with them and uh he you know he he put in the graft and put in every put in his time and uh, you know he was accepted from at his province, accepted at national level, you know, it's like everyone, like he said, he's an Irish rugby player. That's what yeah. he is. There's no other yeah. definition for it. I think he yeah, welcome is. Line so as well. I think so. I think that now I've actually picked my proper fly half. I think that's seven Englishmen. Sorry, everybody else. That's okay. No, I, you, <laughs> you've gone light on the Saracens players. I, I think compared to most, there's usually I think what you had three. Was it three? Uh, yeah. one, two, yeah, three. three. Yeah, there's usually four or five, I think, in some of the other selections. So, so you've done okay. you've done okay in that regard. So, no, that's okay. a that's that's that that's a good fifteen right there. You've got every 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 country is represented, and yeah. uh, and it's a, it's a good mix, and I think it's a good blend, and uh, you can definitely see that team playing together. And you've even got a you've got a young bolter in there as well. I mean, that's nothing nothing wrong with that at all. So, yeah, no, th thanks for that. And what we'll do is. Um, Later in the season, fingers crossed, provided there's some kind of rugby going on, we'll get you back again maybe to have a second selection, see if there's any changes you want to make. And yeah. um, we'll work our way through until the actual uh, squad is picked and, and see, who, just, see, see who we end up with. So, I'm just know. actually hoping that a scrum half comes through in one of the yeah. teams. Yeah. They really, they, I mean, I, Conor Murray was actually pretty decent in that last Autumn Nations yeah. match. But uh, it's a, it's a, I don't know why that is the case. There's, so we seem to have all, all of the countries have got a decent back row, haven't they? But yeah. they seem to be struggling at nine for some reason. Yeah, and then, well, well, in Wales, I mean, Wales seem to have a flavour of the month scrum half every five minutes. I mean, and <laughs> you, you you see someone like, you see Reese Webb has a good spell and then Davis has a spell. And then you've got this new guy, Thomas Williams. You've all seen them play well, but it's just, it was the consistency they were lacking or maybe they get injured as well. But, uh, they, you know, they're, 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 there is quality out there. Um, 
but uh, it's it's like you say, there's no one really standing out. But with yeah. with Gatlin's familiar with Murray, it would be an easier choice for him to just bring him in. Someone who, you know, he's bringing in a lot of new people, but he wants some people there who've been on the tours before and know the system. And that's a good position to have someone with that kind of experience as well. So, uh, he, he, for a scrum half, he's actually quite physically big, isn't he, as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, and a bit arsy as well. Which yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no problems. No problems. <laughs> well, that's brilliant. So listen, um, so like I say, we'll come back to you again and, and see how the Lions team is shaping up later in the season. Um, just just before we go, we just want to see what, uh, like as a Saracens fan, I mean, we're like assuming there is rugby coming up. Um, what what do Saracens have um, coming on down coming down down the line? Well, Saracens have they we start they start on Saturday um, okay. in the Trail Finders. They're playing something called the Trail Finders Cup um, okay. against Ealing Trail Finders and Doncaster. Um, so their first match is actually against Ealing, um, who are a team that have a very wealthy owner mm. and have a desire to be in the Premiership. Um, yeah, I noticed them on social media just for the past, like over the summer, um, every other day they were saying, we're revealing another player, a new star player. And it was like, it seemed to be a whole team's worth of players they were revealing over the summer. It's like, oh my God, like they, you won't recognize them at this stage. There'll be a team that are a challenge, especially mm. as not only do Saracens have um, the international situation to deal with, but we also, of course, have our banned barbarians. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> that was a... something else that covered us in joy. I'd like to say, I'd like to say uh, here at Leinster, we didn't have any skin in that game, but we kind of did. Fergus, Fergus kind of dirtied his bib there as well, didn't he? Oh, yeah. <laughs> not quite as many as our Saracens. That was that. That was quite that was quite an incident, wasn't it? But sure. Yeah, it was very poor. Yeah. So we start uh, we start this Saturday. So I'm gonna get I'm gonna have to go out and buy Google Cast because that's something that I can buy. I think that I think Saracens are actually going to give that to us as season ticket holders. All right, okay, that's good. A home game. I was wondering, I was wondering how they were um I was, I was actually going to ask you, because at Leinster we were asked to, obviously we, there was no season ticket to be bought because they weren't going to go any games, but they came up with this concept of membership. So you're kind of paying forward your season ticket in the future just, just for them to raise some revenue. So I was wondering what Saracens well, would be doing that in that regard. Interestingly, so we, we, I have bought a two-year season ticket. Oh, okay. Um, so that season ticket includes 16 matches for each season. Um, now for the revised championship, um, the league has been split into two. Mm -hmm. So I think we actually will only get five home games. Um, uh, whether or not we get any of the matches that they wanted against the big South African teams remains to be seen. Um, I know that they wanted one of those to take place at, at uh, Tottenham. But yeah, that they, they actually put out an offer that was a two or three year season ticket. Um, and the majority of people have actually signed on for that. Mm. And then we'll, we'll get either a refund or I presume put money towards the third year if you've bought a two year yeah, yeah, for the game yeah. you don't go to. Oh, um, I mean, every club, I suppose, has to come up with their own. Um, they have to kind of improvise to suit their own situation. You know, so, no, that's an interesting way for Saracens to do it. See, I mean, you know, they've just, I don't know whether you saw, but they've just, they've just announced that they've signed a new sponsor. Okay. Um, uh, with a better deal than the one they had before, um, which I think. 
Unfortunately, some gremlins got in my laptop, which cut the recording short. But to be honest, we were very close to wrapping it up anyway. So many thanks to Debbie for sharing her thoughts on the Lions and Saracens with us. And hopefully we'll have her back on the pod soon. So after hearing from four of our six selectors so far, here's how our combined 15 is looking. 15, Hogg. 14, Liam Williams. 13, Jonathan Davis. 12, Henshaw. 11, May. 10, Farrell. 9, Murray. 1, Mako. 2, George. 3, Furlong. 4, Itoji. 5, Ryan. 6, Curry. 7, Underwood. And 8, Falatau. Now it's time for the second half of our show, where I spoke to Kigo. Now joining me, making his 14th appearance on the pod, is um, Mr. Neil Kigo-Keegan. We're going to uh, have our latest chapter meeting of the Johnny Sexton Appreciation Society. How's it going there, Kigo? Not too bad. I'm just about to lead everyone in our uh, prayer to start this meeting. Uh, mm-hmm. Dear dear Sexton, uh, that's it. Yep, that's all that's, I, it. that's all I've prepared. Hope dear leader, well. dear leader. Um, <laughs> No, the reason we're the reason we decided to have this this uh, this chat is that it's something we noticed um, from the Ulster game at the weekend. Mm. Um, Leinster, uh, you know, turned over the previous week pretty well. They had came up with a good display. Um, now Sexton, uh, for his own part, it was his first game back in a while. He, um, you know, he only played about 10, 15 minutes the previous week, and um, he didn't have a great night from the kick and tee. But so he was getting a lot of stick from commentators and it was always, well, he'll always get stick from non-Leinster Irish fans on social media. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think uh, yourself and myself, we noticed uh, a few few contributions that he made that were, um, that were back, back to his usual best. Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. And I think much like previous, uh, you know, leaders in jerseys, we won't fully appreciate him until he's gone and he's on commentary duty. Um, the, 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 like any sport, you're never as good as people say you are. You're nowhere near as bad as you ever, people say you are. So we're always operating in that middle third. And, um, you know, the previous, his run of form has been good, hampered by HIA the week before. Uh, but if we concentrate on Friday, okay, and, and we look at the issues people have, people say he's lost a step. People say he's, uh, his kicking is, is, is a bit too, uh, you can't trust this. Uh, and his game management and his, and his talking with the ref. So if we talk with, about those four things, and obviously you jump in if there's anything I'm missing, there usually is. Um, turn, of, turn of pace, he, he hit his first dummy in probably about 15 years, accelerated like a dog chasing a car, passed into to, uh, Gibson Park to, to keep that play moving. Absolutely sublime, took Ulster by surprise, took all of us by surprise. That's one thing off the, off the list. Okay, he's healthy, he can run, he's got speed. He's got gas in the boots still at the age of, you'd, you'd think he was 60 playing the game, the way people talk. So that's number one. Number two, uh, game management. Okay, you look at the opening, let's, let's be nice here and I don't want to be uh, starting fights. That's not what we're trying to do. Yeah. Let's say 30 minutes, Ulster were in charge. Let's just say 30 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, th- and it was really impressive. Obviously, the, the defensive side in blue was very impressive too, all through the night. But um, all through that, if you're the beauty of having no crowd at a game is you can hear everything. Now it's it's tough to watch in things like boxing when you hear the hear the punches, but in rugby you can hear communication. There was uh, three voices in blue all the way through that first half. He was the first one. He was the loudest one. Important. Even when you know the pressure's on, he is organising. He is organised. He is not ruffled, and he and the commentator said his name all the way through. Uh, the 80 minutes. 
that's game management. Talking to the referee, again, go to my previous point. We can hear everything now. We hear absolutely everything. So there was someone put a, a post up about how the game has changed and the back, ch- back chat to the referee is, is, is in a bad place now in comparison to the good old days, whatever they were. Um, anyone who says that there was never back chat to a referee in the 80s, in the 70s, in the 60s, is full of you-know-what. It always happens. It's at every level. We can hear absolutely everything now. That's the difference. Every, nearly every square foot of that pitch has a mic pointed at it. So that's the difference. Even the ref, yeah. yeah. And there are times where he's wearing a body cam. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe maybe the police should do that too. Separate podcast. <laughs> but um, you know, the, the the bit that everyone is talking about was a bit of back chat and brace. Who I think said, "I don't know why you're shaking your head at me, Johnny." Now this is something that every ten in every game does under his or her breath. A whisper to under his breath or her breath saying, ah, "Referee, come on." It's, you know, it's, it's, it's tough enough that you have to call a stranger sir on a rugby pitch. Uh, that was always weird to me. But there's a moment that every 10 has where they disagree with the referee at every level. That's all that was. It's mm. not a big deal. But if you look at how the game changed from minute 29 to minute, what did we end up at, 83, 84, mm. after Ulster having 115 phase of attack, never getting near the try line. Again, not trying to start a fight, just showing organisation. Yep. There was a group of players that were constantly mentioned in comments. Gibson Park, uh, Byrne, Sexton. And in fairness to him, he's actually 115, Dave Carney. Mm. Now, that, there's a lot of, lot of other names in there, but they were the names that were mentioned all the way through. And that, the reason I bring that up is it shows game management. It shows bringing a team through a game. Now, if you look at the opposite side and all the uh, – and I think it's important that we talk about – Cooney and, and uh, Billy Burns, who I think Billy Burns is the next big green 10 and then Harry Burns, but separate podcast. But if you see how the first 20, 30 minutes, their names were mentioned a lot and then barely for the rest of the game until substitutions happened. That is the difference. And that is what people keep missing. I know there's lockdown is tough on everyone and I'll stop ranting in a sec here. But I know lockdown is tough and I know people just say things without thinking. And I'm guilty of that too myself. But when, you, when people turn around and say, bench Sexton, stop picking Sexton, let his contract expire, it just doesn't make any logical sense. Mm. The gap between him and the next one, who again, in the green jersey for me, I think is Billy Burns, is still huge. No other 10 has had knockout rugby, semi-final, final rugby in their provincial jerseys. So you're kind of, before they get to that level and perform at that level, Cooney wasn't picked in the most important game for Ulster in the last decade, uh, or five years, let's say. Hmm. Uh, now his form has come back, but again, he disappeared on Friday. Not trying to start a fight, this is just what happened. And so we, we put all these things out there and we kind of go, right, uh, we know Sexton is, is, is getting a bit older, but if you're telling me that he's not performing or he's not leading his team or he's not managing a game, then you're just you're out of the conversation because you're you're incorrect. Yeah. Yeah, we talked about this a lot. Um, in fact, it comes up pretty much every time we're chatting on this podcast. It's this uh, online opinion. And basically that whole thing about sex and needs to be benched, that's just confirmation bias is what it is. They mm-hmm. go into the game. People go into the game with this opinion of players. And we all do it, in fairness. You have your opinion of player and you're only going to comment when 
it when you notice it happening. And mm -hmm. the fact of the matter was, I mean, there were times when there were, you know, Sexton did miss kicks that he would normally get. There, there was, I think there was a penalty kick. He went for touch, didn't quite find touch. All this bits and pieces. Um, and of course, everyone was going to seize on that. But if you look at the 80 minutes as a whole, which is really what you should be doing, um, you'll see that the way the match transpired was that, yes, uh, Ulster had uh, a lot of the possession in the first 30 mm -hmm. minutes, the first half, but um, they, 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 they were never getting nowhere near the try line. And, um, the, the, you know, as you say, the Leinster defense was good throughout. And uh, Leinster's problem was, and when Leinster got down the other end, they got in within 10, 10, 10 meters of the goal, try line, they scored. You know, mm -hmm. and again with Gibson Park, who a lot of people were also criticizing on the night. Um, a lot of people probably because he was up against Cooney, maybe. So it was kind yep. of just a head-to-head -head between the two of them. But um, he did what he does best. He he can pinpoint. He can find that pass um, that that just sails in front of three, four, five defenders straight to his winger on the wing. And of course, Carney with his unbelievable finish. Uh, oh, fantastic! That was Leinster's one um, chance in that half, and they converted it. So when it came to the second half. It was all about territory. It was all about if Leinster were going to uh, dominate, uh, to get the upper hand, because they were still behind going into the second half. If Leinster were going to dominate, they needed to be down at that end of the pitch. So what else are you going to do but boot it? And that's what we did. And we didn't just uh, put up box kicks and hope for the best every time. They were all tactical kicks. There were some grubbers through. It wasn't just Sexton doing it. There was Gibson Park. You had Ross Byrne at – he was he was wearing 13, but he was more playing 12. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and he, so you had him doing that, and we just kept Ulster pinned back, and they're the ones that couldn't get out of their own half in that half. And once we started getting get, getting the edge with good support on those kicks as well from the likes of Hugo Keenan and nailing the, the, the Lowry and stuff when they, when they gathered the ball, um, that's how we created the situation for the uh, for, to, to, to even get the bonus point try. I mean, a 5 nil point spread in that game was just we, – we, it was unheard of. We wouldn't have even thought of that as Leinster fans going into it. Yeah, 100%. And, and it, it shows that, because um, I, I, I keep talking about Leinster Jitsu, where they just strangle any positivity out of, out of the opposition. And, and that was starting to happen towards the end of the first half. And then I think Leo, instead of heating up the jerseys at halftime, he put them in the freezer and they came out, they came out hungry in the second half. And they started to strangle. And you could see that, um, that Ulster didn't have the capability to manage that kind of pressure. Um, we saw similar things in, in the final, the grand final in the last season, which was, I can't remember when that was now. Mm. But you kind of, you, you see this in Leinster where um, this was very much, it was almost like a, a trial game for the green jersey. When you look at the players on the pitch, you look at what Keenan did. Lowry was, was good too. Again, there wasn't a lot he could do with the, with the blue wall, but he was, he was good. I thought McElroy on their wing was good. But you look at the decision makers, you look at the engine room, uh, the packs were, were both the, the tackles by the packs all day were really impressive. But you look at the nines and tens on both sides. One side had ideas. You're talking about Gibson Park there, uh, and I think I can't remember who said it on commentary, but it looks like he has an extra four yards on everybody else. Just whatever way he was doing. And so if if we if we were able to extrapolate that feeling from the blue jersey up to the big jersey, uh, it, and especially when you see Bernard 13. Uh, you know, a dream is to have kind of four playmakers in the back, somewhere in the back, where you don't know where it's coming from. Now, that's not a feral thing. That, that, that may be something that maybe his eyes were opened after Friday. But when we go back to Sexton and we go back to the issues that everyone is talking about, and your confirmation bias, you're 100% correct. 
the problem I have with people, and uh, I, again, I am a little bit guilty because I, you know, for me, he's the job Sexton has done since the semi final. I know we would have seen him up to that point in in the league games and things like that, and the odd, uh, you know, uh, cameo in Europe. But he he walked on that day and took over that jersey, and from that day on, he has said, "This is the benchmark. This is it. It's up to you guys." Like, his name is not on the back of that jersey. So it's up to all these other guys to step up. And I think when people watch Friday, what they should have seen was a set of players responded to pressure and a set of players either didn't or couldn't. Now, whether that's experience or an inability, we don't know. So, you know, that trial game finished and, and, you know, you you could pick your 15 off that game. Um, no, we won't because there's a few few other players to come in. But uh, I, I feel that the I guess I I have a bit of a bias, and that I've my blue underwear on, and that's quite obvious. But it's also backed up by watching what's happening, um, and and that's the thing. You, you know, if someone anything anyone has said about him in the last you know six, seven, eight months, two years, you can't watch Friday against a team with the the only unbeaten team in the league put in a performance like that you can't turn around and stick to your point that you had an hour before kickoff yeah definitely i mean it's you know you have to take what you see in front of you and my, my yeah. thing my thing about sexton is um i mean i've i've been saying this now for a good few years now is that he seemed like the perfect type of player to um to go from the 10 position as he got older and move over to 12 where mm. he's built He's built for the physicality that's come into that position in the game, but he can also help bring on just his presence on the pitch. I mean, you see Toby Flood doing that at Newcastle. You see mm-hmm. Owen Farrell doing that at Saracens. Uh, you can bring on a young number 10 coming in. having. Well, I mean, how good would it be for, for someone at, coming in, Harry Byrne coming in at 10, to have Sexton outside him at 12? And I always thought mm. that I, I just assumed he might start doing that. When we had the Sexton O'Gara row back in the day, I said, why not play the two of them? Why not have one inside and one outside and have the two of them on the pitch and all those kind of, there's all those options. But that's one thing. But when you look at it another way, we're talking about a once in a generation type of player. He's yeah. won four Heineken Cups. I could list all the Lions, uh, league championships, all that. When you, when you have that level of success and you played at that level of the game, you do what your buddy well wants. If he wants to play 10, if he wants to stay Leinster captain, if he wants to stay Ireland captain, he gets to do that because he's earned it, you know? Mm-hmm. So um, so if he's left at 10 and, 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 and accommodations have to be made for that, then, then that's well and good. And um, it, I, you could make an argument that sometimes, maybe, maybe sometimes the mistakes he made or the kicks he missed is where, because there's just so much, you've got to devote so much real estate when you're a captain. I mean, yeah. he was me- he'd be mentally involved more than most anyway without being captain. Um, so, so now he's taken that responsibility on for both province and, con- and country. He's, um, he's playing, he's, he, he's trying to focus on his place kick, but he's also thinking, right, the next time I get in front of those guys, we're going to get this guy and the other, or the ref's giving us all this and doing all that. Yeah. All that's going on in his head, and that's, it's, it's, it would affect anyone. So um, he's got to get some allowance for that. And when you end up getting a result like you did on Friday night, well, anyone who went into that game trying to criticize him was, literally, was basically shut up. 
Uh, but and he actually played the full eighty minutes. By the way, he was there right at the end, uh, making tackles in that final hundred thousand yep. phases, whatever it was at the end. So, um, <laughs> so I mean, it was basically a, a case of shutting up all his critics. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I, I, I do think one side treated it like a trial game. You could see that going in. Um, I, I, I do think that you know, if you are again without getting into it, we talk about fans versus supporters. No one wants any problems to do badly but you've got to call it what the way it is. And there's still a massive gap. Now, that game would have done Billy Burns the world of good. That game would have done Cooney the world of good. This is the benchmark. You go, it's not, they both can rise above that benchmark. They're both massively skilled players. I think Burns is like age issue for, for Cooney, but I think they can do it. Now they know it. So now it's up to them to go and, and do that. Uh, but I, I do think the, the overreaction is a little bit silly. Uh, maybe if we could grow up a little bit, that would be ideal. Two, 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 two hopes of that, says you. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but listen, listen. Hopefully, hopefully we'll get a few more goes. I mean, we've got this monster game coming up in a couple of weeks, mm. and uh, we're due to play both Ulster and Connacht again. And well, Munster twice actually overall. So they, mm -hmm. I think, of all the matches that are left in the season, whatever rugby's left, if we can at very least get those uh, matches played, I think it'd be great. You know, assuming assuming they're going to squeeze in a Six Nations or Five Nations or whatever it's going to be at some stage. Mm. You want to get those interprovincials played. I mean, surely you, you're assuming that Rainbow Cup uh, is expendable in this season if they're going to start canceling things. And then maybe the Pro 14, whatever. But, you know, I mean, all the matches against Edinburgh's and the Zebras uh, for us uh, won't, be, won't be as important as uh, getting those interprovincials played. So hopefully we'll have a bit more rugby to talk, with, talk about down the line. Absolutely. I, I have a feeling that we're going to have uh, another round of interpros in lieu of a uh, Six Nations. Unfortunately, yeah, and uh, sir, as rugby fans, we'll just take any rugby we can get, can't we? Because I mean, it's like uh, I've been begging. Uh, there, there, there's an in, uh, a interprovincial this weekend, Leinster against Ulster, mm -hmm. and I'm begging them to stream it live. Uh, they want, they want it behind closed doors. Uh, for their own reasons, I suppose, whenever to, so, so there's no rumors, I think, of anyone getting injured or anything like that. But uh, hopefully, hopefully we will start to get to see those matches and uh, get, get, get a bit of extra Irish rugby to watch and see all these players in action. Well, listen, man, that was a good, that was a good old chat as always. Thanks for coming on. Um, like I say, you know, hopefully we'll get you back on in another couple of weeks uh, to talk about a bit more rugby. Um, and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you soon and hope you have a happy new year. Absolutely. Insects that we trust, everyone stay safe. That's it for this week. Thanks again to Debbie and Kigo for the chat. I'd love to tell you what's coming up next on harpinandrugby.net, but the way things are going, your guess is as good as mine for the upcoming weekend, so just stay tuned and I'll throw some content on there when I can. Next week, all going well, I'll have my Scottish Lions selector on the podcast, plus the rescheduled Munster match to look forward to. In the meantime, stay safe, everyone. Slán.